When it comes to resentment, we have two paths to take. We can either stay angry and allow the seeds of resentment to grow deep with strong roots that produce rotten, poisonous fruit, or we can choose righteousness and correct our thoughts so that they obey Christ. Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer. Thanks for listening. Hey, I recently got a message from one of our listeners. So uh, first off, I would love to hear from any of you out there who wants to send me a message. You can send it through um, to our email, which is unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. That's always in our show notes. and Or you can reach out to me through our social media, which is Women of the Word, CTW, and you could find us on Facebook or Instagram. I tell you all about that at the end of the podcast. But here's what this particular listener said. Julie, I just wanted to tell you how much I have been enjoying your podcast. Every Wednesday, I get super excited when I remember tomorrow is podcast day, and I really look forward to it. Uh, It's just a great encouragement to hear from me, and I hope that you are also looking forward to these episodes that drop each and every Thursday. Um, it's just been really a fun a fun adventure to do these. So today's episode is number 169, and we're continuing our series called Feminology. This year, we've been talking all about emotions, what to do with them. Are they even okay? What does God's word say about them? And today we're going to be learning about some twin sister sins. I, I like this. I've, I've coined this phrase, I think, of bitterness and resentment. So when my daughter was little, she desperately, desperately wanted to have twins. Um, so I decided the easiest way to go about this rather than me having twins was just to give her two matching dolls. So she had one boy and one girl and she, there was a a woman in our church who had twins and she thought that was the coolest thing. So she named them the same names, John and Ava, and she played with them literally all the time. They went with us everywhere in the car. Um, they hung out her with her in her bedroom because at that point she was homeschooling. So they sat with her, you know, she could school and take care of her babies, you know, Um, The only place that I would say that I did not let her bring them was into the church service, so they had to sit in the car. But, you know, that was okay, because remember, they were dolls. (laughs) And the the interesting part today is we're going to talk about two sisters or two twin sisters of sort, but it's not my daughter's stuffed dolls. It's actually bitterness and resentment. They're twin sins that actually stay with us all the time, and we don't think we bring them into church, but we actually bring them everywhere with us. We can't leave them at home because they're actually deep in our hearts. So... I am so looking forward to talking about this. It's going to be a great episode. Um, Before we jump into this topic, let me introduce you to my guest who's going to be talking about this topic. I want to introduce you to my friend, Erin Hoot. Erin, I'm so glad to have you on. Thanks for having me, Julie. Yeah, I'm I'm excited that you're here. Um, And I usually start every episode with a few questions. So why don't you tell me a little bit about who you live with and what you do all day? And I'm, I'm guessing you listen to Unshaken a little bit, too. I do. I'm a huge Unshaken groupie. <laughs> like, you need to have merch. Oh, Because yes, I will okay. totally buy the merch Okay, and we'll sell work it on it. You. We'll work on it. <laughs> like, what kind of merch do you want? Oh, like hoodies and T-shirts oh, okay. and mugs, all the things. Okay, and mugs. I love this. <laughs> and a tote bag. You okay. A tote bag. Okay, we'll work on it. We will get some merch, and we'll let everybody know. <laughs> yes. All right, so who do, what do you do every day, and who do you live with? I live with my husband, Todd. He is a commercial contractor painter. He nice. He has his own business. And then we have our three sons in the home. 
Our daughter just moved out a couple months ago, which Uh was sad, but she lives like five minutes away. Okay. So we get to see her all the time. Okay. She's like, Mom, what are you having for dinner? Does she come and bring her laundry and eat your food? Oh, she does. Yes. Yes. Yes, That's what they do. It's pretty standard, I think. (laughs) I remember doing the same thing. So, yes. So we have our sons who are now 14, 8, and 7. Okay. And what do they do all day? Or what do you do? I homeschool the boys. Okay. So that's pretty much the majority of the day. Okay. We haven't officially started yet, but okay. we will be starting soon. But okay. So yes, we homeschool and then the boys do karate. Actually, the entire family does karate except for me. Oh. I'm pretty much the karate taxi. Oh. And then we do Like a are lot you of, even talking your husband? Oh yes. My husband is fifty five oh. and working on his black belt. So he's, Well look at that. I know, I know. Blows my wow. mind. Well good. Yes. That's we all have something to aspire to. Oh yes, that's not mine, but that's perfectly fine for him. Okay, but okay. Yes, so I do that, and then I take care of the house and all the things okay. associated. So. so it sounds like you don't have a lot of this, but what <laughs> would you do if you had free time? <laughs> no, I really don't have a lot of free time. But we did uh, start a garden this summer, Ooh. which was nice. My husband blessed me with building me a huge garden. With a lot of raised beds and the cool. fence around it and a greenhouse. So that was a big thing that we did. And then um, actually like a year or two ago, my aunt came to visit from Australia. Okay, Australia? She, yes. yes. Did you ever visit Australia. her? Well, she offered, but it's a, like I will an go visit 18 her. 18-hour flight okay. or something. I don't her. even know her, but I will go visit there your you aunt because well, I want to go to Australia. Stay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But she came to visit and she's really into quilting. Her oh. sister-in-law does quilting. Okay. So they make these beautiful quilts and she came back with for one or came back with one for me and my mom and my daughter but she didn't make one for the boys she didn't have time so she's like well while i'm here we'll make these together and i'm like sweet teach me all you know and i really loved it i just don't have the time right now so did how long was she here because it's not like you could oh she did whip those out quilts in three weeks it was did you do anything else oh yeah she went to like Put in bay and visit oh. all the. Oh yeah. Okay, so you did. Wow, she's. Then this means she has. Oh, some she's good got skill. it down. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, I love that. I like um, older women teaching yes. younger women things. I think that's always really cool. And you know, I've had people do that with me, or I've done that with other women. It's it's just good. That's it good. is good, and I appreciated her taking the time. So everyone has a quilt. We all have quilts in the house, but okay. she's like she's making them for. Lots of other people. She okay. loves, I mean, she just does it all the time. That's her hobby. Okay. Well, maybe after listening to this, she'll yes. make me one. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> I, it's okay. Aunt, you know, Aaron's aunt. It's okay. I don't need a quilt, but maybe Todd needs one that has karate. There you go. I'll put in a good word for you. Okay, you. good. I think that's good. All right. So um, since you have a pretty busy family, what is one of your favorite family activities? Well. Besides karate. Yes, besides karate, which I'm really not involved in. But um we like to watch movies together as a family. Oh, fun. I know. Like, I grew up watching a lot of movies yeah. when I was younger. And um, so we will watch together when we can. And Todd's got quite a setup in the living room because he's a techie nerd. And oh, yeah. He's, like, got all the things. But he also did outdoor movie night the past couple years. Ooh. A big pop-up screen in the backyard. Oh, my and goodness. a sound system with a projector and all that. And do you then, live in a neighborhood? We do. Oh, my goodness. I know. I'm like, we watched Jurassic Park one time out there. Oh. And I'm like, the neighbors probably hate us. But nobody's ever complained. Well, maybe they're standing at their window watching. <laughs> that could be. I don't know. Because they can hear everything, right? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, we have our barn is between okay. one of our neighbors. So that's a little buffer. Well, yeah. But yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a neighborhood. And honestly... 
you're not watching this at 2 a.m. No, but in the summer, you have to wait till it's dark. Yeah. And it's not and, dark until you know, late. Right. But it's one time. It's not like you're doing yes. this every single night and no. you're watching, you know, you're watching family-friendly movies. Yeah. And, and you it's know. usually, we do it a couple times a yeah. summer. We try to. But we have a popcorn machine. Oh. So we like pop popcorn and put it in the boxes and stuff. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's like a thing. I have never been invited to this. Oh, and next very summer. sad Next now. summer, Julie, we're doing yeah. it. Well, listen, I think that is really fun. I have a popcorn machine at my house, too. And I love that you, ha- your husband has used his skills, the techie skills that yes. he has, and is doing something fun with your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every family has to do it the same. No. And, and no. I love that. Some families are into hiking, you mm-hmm. know, and they'll go all over. Or some families are into you know, going to a museum. Mm-hmm. I mean, there really are people that just enjoy going to museums. And some families are into historic family trips. Mm-hmm. Like my family, when I was growing up, we went to, I think, 12 Civil battle, uh, civil War battlefields, Ooh. which I loved. I would enjoy And that. I love now. But mm-hmm. I think some people just, that's not their thing. So No, and you're right. Everyone has something different. And that is cool. So, okay. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And I'm really glad that we can learn from you on a topic that I think is hard. Yes, it is very hard. And I think that um, as we listen to what you have to share, I think we're going to find out one thing that I think we're going to find out that you and I talked about Mm -hmm. way before this episode even really got together. I mean, I think you began on it, but you made a comment to me that um, you didn't think you really struggled with these topics, these twin sister sins of bitterness and resentment until you began working on it. Oh, yes. I remember thinking, oh, I kind of, I mean, I have some people that I think I might, but I think I've got a pretty good grip on forgiveness, you know, I'm doing okay. And then doing this preparation really, really opened my eyes to how wrong I was and not just how wrong I was, but how many people I actually was harboring resentment for. Right. Okay. So tell us all about Resentment and bitterness. Okay. Thanks, Julie. As we head into fall, I can't help but think about the upcoming holidays. The start of school is always a harsh reminder that the year is coming to an end. To top it off, I saw Christmas decorations at Costco in August. Seriously, we aren't even past Halloween yet. I was not quite prepared for that. Anyways, I digress. I I actually um, love Christmas, and I will mention this as my only input into this, I have a daughter who listens to Christmas music year round. <laughs> there are people. I, I am not one of those people. I know. But I'm like, what are you listening to? And she's down there singing. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas too, but they do make me anxious. We usually host family in our home and we really enjoy getting everyone together for the most part. But there is always some tension surrounding family get togethers. As we get closer and closer to sending out invitations, scheduling dates, and firming up details, the tension becomes more evident. My inner monologue goes a little something like this. What date do we choose? Well, these family members can all come on this date, but these other family members can't come on that date and can only come on another date that doesn't work for everyone else. Do I ask them to bring a dish? This person can't cook, so I can't ask them, and this person can't afford to bring a dish. I should just cook everything. Do we have a gift exchange? Do we include the adults? What dollar limit should we set? Some family members can't afford a gift exchange, but other family members insist on having one. Why do we always do this at our house? Why am I the one stuck trying to make everyone happy? It is impossible. 
What starts as a desire to love and bless our family with a festive holiday filled with the love of Christ, good food, and sweet memories quickly turns into resentment. So what is resentment? Webster defines resentment as a feeling of indignant displeasure or persistent ill will at something regarded as a wrong, insult, or injury. In other words, resentment is what we feel when someone sins against us or someone close to us. The world often gives grace to resentment. If someone wrongs you, then you have every right to be angry. Depending on how deep the hurt is, you are entitled to never forgive this person and maybe relish in all their failures or even seek revenge. After all, they hurt you. You are entitled to some justice and definitely don't speak to this person ever again. They must be cut from your life completely. It's important to keep your circle a good vibes only zone and rid yourself of all that toxic energy. While the world may give a pass on resentment, the Bible certainly does not. Ephesians 4:26 through 27 says, "Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil." To be clear, yes, there is a difference between righteous anger and sinful anger. When we are angry at sin, that is righteous anger. When we are angry at anything else, that is sinful anger. I believe Heidi Hunsaker talked about this on her prior podcast about anger, and mm-hmm. it's it's a really good one. It's actually like my top five favorite. Oh, you have actually a list of top oh, five? Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I probably have an even longer list than that. But. Okay. Well, listen, we'll make sure we put that in our show notes. Yes, that's a good one. Scripture warns us that we must deal with sinful anger quickly. We aren't to sit on it, dwell on it, and let it fester. When we hold on to our anger, we allow the devil every opportunity to create division among us. Does this mean we have a past to be angry with those who are not in Christ? No, it does not. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We are forgiven, and we are called to forgive. We will talk more about that in a bit. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Bitterness, which is another word for resentment, really is a root that grows beneath the surface. Anger can become a seed for resentment when we don't seek the Lord in prayer and keep our thoughts captive. Picture this. A friend has sinned against you. She hurt you deeply, and the offense truly was sinful. You become angry. Rather than deal with the anger rightly, you avoid her and hold on to the hurt. Seed planted. You replay the scene in your mind over and over. You imagine all the things you should have said but didn't say. Thanks to repetition, you can recall every single detail. Seed watered. And fed. The memory comes to mind often and when you least expect it. When it does, you feel the anger rise up inside you all over again, but with more and more intensity as time goes on. Roots have grown deep. Whenever this friend's name is mentioned, the thoughts come back and you begin to share the sin she committed against you with others. After all, your hurt is so great that you can't hold it in any longer. Those who have heard your experience of hurt at the hands of this person are now angry with her as well. They also avoid her, sharing in your hurt. They see her as an enemy and someone who cannot be trusted. 
This friend is isolated from others in the circle, and she begins to follow the same pattern of hurt to anger to resentment that you have. The battle lines are drawn, and others are pulled into the fight. Now the root of bitterness has officially come to the surface and bore fruit, fruit that is rotten and poisonous to all who consume it. Luke 6.43-45 says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the mouth, or out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Let me say that again. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Hearing these words makes me shudder, and I imagine you feel the same way. We need to ask ourselves, what are we treasuring in our hearts? Are we treasuring the words of Christ in our heart? Are we allowing the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts? Or are we treasuring our hurt and our resentment, allowing Satan a foothold deep within our hearts? John 8.44 tells us that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Do we want to allow a liar any place in our hearts? Satan is a very real threat. We must not afford him the opportunity to work within us. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He seeks to devour. He seeks to destroy. Our hearts are sinful and desperately wicked. Satan knows this all too well. We must not believe the lies that we are entitled to our resentment, entitled to withhold forgiveness, and entitled to rejoice in the suffering of our enemies. Scripture warns us to be on guard, and we must heed the warning. Sin is often much easier to spot in others rather than ourselves. Resentment is no exception. So how do we know if we have resentment in our hearts? Here are some good questions to ask yourself. Do you have strong emotions, particularly anger, when you think about a specific interaction with someone? Do you find yourself unable to stop thinking about an interaction with someone? Do you stay away from a specific person in an effort to avoid conflict? Do you have a tense relationship with someone? Do you feel invisible, inadequate, or less than when you are around a certain person? Do you find yourself frequently speaking of someone in a negative way, often focusing on their flaws, faults, and mistakes? Do you remember all the details of the way someone has hurt you? If you can relate to any of these, and my guess is you can, then you are struggling with the sin of resentment. I did a Google search on resentment and found some interesting articles. One in particular from the Cleveland Clinic caught my attention. It was titled, Six Reasons Resentment Creeps Into Your Relationships and What to Do About It. Upon reading this, I realized the world and scripture agree on the definition of resentment and that it is bad for you in all the ways. The world and scripture both agree that gratitude, empathy, and forgiveness are right solutions to overcome resentment. However, it is the reasoning, the heart, 
behind these solutions that the world and scripture disagree. The world tells us that if someone has hurt or upset you, speak up, say something so the feelings don't fester. Your feelings are your reality and you are entitled to share them. This simply isn't true. We all have feelings and God gave them to us, but we must choose what we do with our feelings. Yes, some hurts are deep and some hurts are truly grievous sins that will affect a person's life for many years. God's commands are the same for all of us, regardless of the hurt. God's call to obedience does not diminish the very real hurt you may be experiencing. God knows our hurts. He knows our hearts, and he cares for his children deeply. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Your pain, your suffering, and your tears, every hurt you have ever experienced, God will and does work for our good. Jesus knows what it means to be slandered, scorned, mocked, abandoned, tortured, and even killed. He had every reason to resent his enemies. Instead, he prayed for them. He did not choose sinful anger, hoping for vengeance from his heavenly Father. No, he prayed that God would forgive them, and he calls us to do the same. Hear these words from Jesus during the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So, what then shall we do? How do we put an end to our resentment? I used a few different resources in preparation for this talk. One that I found really helpful was Choosing Forgiveness by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. I highly recommend it. She provides what she calls a pathway to forgiveness. She admits there is no perfect three-step program to forgiveness. Do these three things and everything will be hunky-dory again? No. Instead, this process is a practical way to work through a very difficult act of obedience. She does encourage you to write this down. And no, there won't be some weird burning ritual at the end. We are seeking to obey the Lord here, not practice witchcraft. (laughs) Step one, identify the people who have wronged you and the way they have sinned against you. This doesn't mean we need to be digging up old wounds or even seeking to remember things that are long forgotten. Only take note of the hurts you are consciously aware of. Sometimes God, in his abundant kindness, allows us to forget a traumatic and painful past. And in these instances, we praise him for his goodness. However, forgive and forget is not what God is calling us to. Your hurt is real. Their sin is real. Don't run away from the pain, but run into the arms of your loving Heavenly Father in the midst of your pain. Step two, make sure your conscience is clear toward each of the individuals on your list. Ask yourself, how have I responded to this person? Have I blessed them in some way? 
Have I loved them as God calls me to? Have I prayed for them? Have I forgiven them? If the answer is no, then you have some work to do. If possible and appropriate, seek forgiveness from the person whose sin has begotten your sin. Be humble and confess to them how you've sinned against them, and do not make excuses. Scripture tells us that sin leads to death. James 1, 14-15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Anger lures and entices us to resentment. Our desire is for ourselves, after all. They sinned, so we sin in return. But we know that sin, all sin, brings forth death. We are not responsible for the sins against us, but we are responsible for our response to their sin. We are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. God does not give us a pass to sin. He calls us to repentance and gives us new life in His Son. Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could make excuses for our sin. He died so that we might live. He died so that in our sinful state, we could be conformed more and more in His image, ever pursuing to finish strong the race to eternity. Step 3. Choose to fully forgive every person who has sinned against you. We are sinners, every one of us. Even those who don't yet know the Lord are sinners. For those of us who do know Christ, we have been forgiven much and at great cost. We were given a gift of infinite value that we never have and never will deserve. We are called to forgive one another as God in Christ forgave us. There are no exceptions to this. You might ask yourself, what if they didn't seek my forgiveness? Then this person needs your prayers all the more. Their unwillingness to repent keeps them from receiving God's forgiveness and the ability to be in a right relationship with their Heavenly Father. Don't just ask for God's help to forgive them. You must choose to forgive them completely. Hmm. This is not something you can do on your own. Say to him, Lord, by your grace and in obedience to you, I choose to forgive as you have forgiven me. As far as the east is from the west, I forgive them. He will give you the strength to obey, so choose to forgive. By going through these three steps, do not think for a moment that this is a done deal. If you have a close relationship with the person who hurt you, the hurt may continue. Even if the hurt doesn't actively continue, the memories may continue to creep into your mind. We are to take every thought captive to obey Christ. If our thoughts don't obey Christ, then we are called to make them obey Christ. When my kids are fighting, I often tell them, you have a choice, sin or righteousness. When we are hurt or upset, we have a choice. We can either stay angry and allow the seeds of resentment to grow deep with strong roots that produce rotten, poisonous fruit, or we can choose righteousness and correct our thoughts so that they obey Christ. In these moments, choose righteousness. Choose to forgive and keep doing so. We love because he first loved us. So let us imitate Christ and let love cover a multitude of sins. So your parents mistreated you as a child. 
They neglected you or even worse, abused you. A bully in school made a complete fool of you in front of everyone, reducing you to tears. Your friend didn't invite you to go to dinner with the rest of your mutual friends, and you feel completely removed from the group. Your husband doesn't appreciate you or give you the attention you deserve. Maybe he even gives his attention to another woman. When your children come into the room you've cleaned, they come in and destroy all of your hard work, and they do this every single day. Your teen hates you, and you have no idea why. The distance between you has grown, and they are now acting out in ways that bring shame to your family. Your boss has passed you over for a promotion that you know you deserve more than any of your peers. Your close friend and mentor, the one you admired most, has said the most hurtful things to you, cutting deep into your heart. You feel as though you've been completely abandoned by those you saw as family. You take painstaking effort to plan and create the perfect holiday gathering for your family, and no one seems to appreciate all the hard work you've done. It would be impossible for me to have a comprehensive list, but I hope you can relate to some of these as I have. Each one of these different scenarios could lead to a path of resentment, but God's calling is the same. Bless them. Love them. Pray for them. Forgive them. Okay, wow. That was really powerful and authentic and a little raw, honestly, because as I'm sitting here, I am finding myself in your conversation. I am finding myself in what you said, and I'm guessing our listeners could too. And um, I know I've struggled greatly with that combination, bitterness, resentment, Mm -hmm. and actually there's triple sense. It's triplets. Bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness, right? Yes. <laughs> and it was for me, it was just a very hard time. I'm thankful that I had the wisdom from my husband, some direction from some good friends who came along with me and the Holy Spirit that helped me overcome that. Um, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. No, it was a process. No. It is a process. And I love this call that you gave to us, these like four little se- four little mini sentences. They're like super small, and they say, bless them, love them, pray for them forgive them, Mm -hmm. which are four really simplistic sentences, but they pack a powerful punch. They do. And it's, it is a hard thing to work through resentment. Yeah. But we have to. We have to. And I also loved that you talked about, um, you know, dropping the seed. What what a visual, because that's exactly how it works, isn't it? You, you, you think about something and you drop a seed. And then you, you, you think more about it and you replay it in your head and then you, your, your plant grows, you know, like, and pretty soon you have this huge plant, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's very helpful to think through. So, so I think our listeners would find a lot. They'd find themselves in what you said. I like your questions also. So if you're listening today and you are struggling um, with resentment towards someone, um, you know, Aaron gave us a list of different options of ways that you might be hurt. Um, and I'm sure there's a thousand more. Mm-hmm. This is your call is to forgive. It's to fight in this area of sin, of bitterness and resentment and go to Christ. I love that. That's so good. Aaron, thank you for sharing some real practical, authentic words with us. Would you pray for us today? Yes, thank you. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you so much for this podcast and for the ability to reach to so many other women who will be listening, Lord. I pray that you would soften hearts. I pray that you would show us where we are struggling with the sin of resentment in our own lives, Lord. I know that I certainly felt convicted as working on this, Lord, and I pray that you would be with other women who may be hearing this and feeling convicted as well. Pray that you would give them your power and your strength to forgive in ways that are so far beyond our ability, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We pray that you would help us to love our enemies, pray for them, and forgive them. In your son's name, amen. Amen. And it's time for this episode's tiny tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny, itty-bitty piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Emily Beckley. Emily, you've got to share with us today your tiny tidbit. What's your tiny tidbit about? Well, today I'm going to be talking about anxiety. Oh, just a light, easy conversation, (laughs) right? (laughs) Nothing big, nothing, you know, major. Yeah. Okay, but it is something that a lot of women deal with. Yes. So I'm anxious to hear what you have to share. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, as we mentioned, I do struggle with anxiety. Um, It is a daily thing for me that I have to work on. Um, But all these what ifs just can flood my mind in an instant, and they're always worst case scenario. Sure, sure. Um, So, like for some examples, you know, it's windy outside, a tree is going to fall on one of my kids, and they're going to die or be paralyzed forever. I mean, Right. Just like, oh, <laughs> right. You know, and then, or, you know, a car's been behind me for a while. They're going to follow me home. <laughs> yes. I've had that thought you know? before. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not one that happens often, but it does. And then this last one is something I really struggle with. Like, I you see something weird on my arm. Oh, it must be melanoma. It's skin mm-hmm. cancer. Uh, Especially if you've had yeah. someone in your family with right. cancer or, exactly. you know, someone that you know that's had one of these things happen. Yeah, exactly. It just pops in there. Even though I know it's irrational, they still just yeah. come in. Um, but what we need to do when these thoughts pop in our minds, we can't give them a second thought. We mm-hmm. just need to wave them away. Um, if we don't, they'll stick around. Mm-hmm. And the enemy wants us to remember them. He doesn't want us to wave them away. Right. He wants us to focus on those instead of truth. Yeah. Um, so we need to replace those <laughs> those yeah. scary thoughts. Um, we need to trust God to care for us no matter what happens. Um, so recently I had this little bump on my arm and it had been causing me to fear. Like it's nothing. And like, I know it's nothing, but okay. like, oh, what if it's something? Um, but every time I would think about it, I would try to focus on God's word, um, mm-hmm. especially First Peter 5, 7. And I would really try hard. I would pray and I would ask him to take my anxieties away because he cares for me. Hmm. And remembering how God cares for me mm-hmm. and how good he is and how faithful he is, right. is really help- helpful when God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. He is in complete control over all this. And mm-hmm. I have no reason to fear. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. And I love how you took that. Um, this little bump on your arm mm-hmm. and this concern you had and you thought, okay, wait a minute, I'm going to go right back to the Bible yep. and I'm going to have that little verse. Do you have a few verses like in your little your little box in your brain? <laughs> I do. Another one when I'm really fearful is Psalm 56, 3. Um, when I'm afraid, I put my mm-hmm. trust in you. I know that one too. And that one is just a one. I just can repeat that over yeah. and over when I'm really struggling yeah. and that one is good. Um you know, Philippians 4. <laughs> is really uh, entire chapter. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are the three I think of. I mean, there's so many more. Yeah. I have like a little thing Wendy Folk made me years ago, like a little nice. flip thing she made. Nice. Me. I love that. Um, I still have it floating around somewhere. Every once in a while I'll find it and yep. I'm really encouraged by it. By those verses. Yeah, exactly. And putting verses up around my house, you know, yeah. before I do dishes in the bathroom. So you have them there to review. Yeah. That's well, good. I, I need to put them back. I did have them there. They're <laughs> okay. not there currently. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, well, yeah. 
no, we're not in your house right now, so you no. didn't have no, to tell exactly. me that. I was but like, I don't want to lie. <laughs> no, I have those like, especially those mom yeah. to mom cards. We yeah, get. those are on my. Yes. those are in my dining room. And those are scripture. Those yeah. yeah, and if you have any scripture, yeah. In fact, at the dollar store, they sell little scripture cards. Oh, they do. I saw them recently, and I bought them for a whole bunch oh, of women. Nice. And you know what? I just think it's great because you just pop it wherever. Right. Those are that's you fantastic. Know? I yeah. have no idea. I know I've gotten them wall art from Dollar Tree. Yes, and I have those in my bathroom yes. with scripture. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. little reminder. Yeah, that's good. One of the verses that I run to frequently is a verse in Psalm, and I don't know where it's at, but it's it reminds me that God is there in the watches of the night. Yes. And I, my anxiety, if I had any anxiety, which I do struggle at times with, always seems to come in the middle of the night. Yes. And I'm like awake and I can't sleep and then everything turns into way bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to just get up literally and go do laundry or go oh, do something that's a good idea. and try to do something else. And I'm always reminded that God is there in the watches of the night so he I is. can pray. So I try to pray. Yes. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I think you're right. No. Using scripture to combat that is great. Yeah, it is helpful. And just like you said, doing the next thing, doing something to yeah. get your mind off of it and yeah. trying to apply scripture you know, if you can is really good. It's a huge help. That's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Emily. That you're was welcome. really helpful today. Good. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so excited that you joined us today. Join us next week as we, it's really interesting, Erin. We're actually going to walk into another topic next week that I did not plan ahead, (laughs) but it's interesting how God works things out. Like literally, I thought, oh, these would be good topics, and then I just put them in my schedule. Next Next week's topic is all about obedience. Oh. So, you know, here, maybe today you thought, yeah, I'm struggling with this. Well, listen next week because we're going to listen in and talk to someone about why we are called by God to obey his commands and how to do that. So you are definitely going to want to stay tuned for episode 170. These are like twin sister episodes, I think. Yes, they are. <laughs> I'm into this twin thing today. So um, don't forget to follow or like us on Facebook or Instagram at Women of the Word CTW. That's just a really great place to find a lot of really good content from our women's ministry at Christ the Word Church. Um, we are located in Toledo, Ohio, which seems like a little dinky little place, but it's a pretty special place to all of us. And um, our church has some great content, some really strong women who speak through our writing and through our podcast and in all kinds of ways. So be sure to follow those on Facebook or Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean. Oh my, there are so many. Spotify, you can't subscribe on Spotify, but you can listen to us on Spotify. And uh, that way you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday because they come out. And I hope your Wednesday is a celebration because a podcast is coming out tomorrow, right? Uh, Remember though, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God until next time.